Welcome to the Hustle and Flow podcast. The platform we use to explore varying perspectives and opinion through candid conversation. We chat about philosophy, business, and all things life. I'm Sean the Hustle. And I'm Les the Flow. Let's go. All right, guys. Today's guest joining us today on the podcast is Chris Sulfur. Chris is a self-taught, multidisciplinary creative and an idealist who is an advocate of leveraging creativity, collaboration and community as a catalyst for change. He is a graphic designer by trade who has worked across leading brands in the fitness industry, helping to innovate and shape their fabric. He is also a former spoken word artist who has shared the stage with international and local wordsmiths, utilizing the cathartic power of poetry as a form of storytelling that focuses on our shared commonalities. He is also the host of the Blueprint podcast, an upcoming show that intends to shine a spotlight on creatives, entrepreneurs, innovators, and change makers, on not just their motivations, but the movements they've created and are inspired by. So with that, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast today, mate. Thanks for joining us, Chris. It's an honor, man. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a real pleasure to have you here, man. And um, Les has told us a bit about you. And what I'd really like to hear, Chris, is as much about you as possible, as far back as you'd like to go, the origin story of Chris. So, yeah. man, however far back you want to go, please enlighten us. Cool, man. It's like I said, like it's crazy being in the guest seat right now and getting into that like reflective frame of mind. But um, I guess the starting point for me would be uh, when I first dipped my feet in the spoken word community, um, it was an interesting stage of my life, probably like early, mid-20s. Uh, I think most people at that age, they're exploring what their gifts and their talents are. Um, you know, I've always been a, a big fan of hip-hop and storytelling. And at the time, <clears throat> I discovered a, a spoken word community out of Bankstown, Bankstown Poetry Slam. And um, I found that poetry for me was a, as a vehicle to express my story. Um, and it was also very much a cathartic release as well. It allowed me to um, like express deeper emotions, um, but also process through them as well and share that commonality that we have with others, the different, um, how do I put it? Like the different um, like emotions that we all feel. Um, it's been an incredible journey. And through that, I uh, was able to connect with uh, change makers and people within their communities who were making a difference and were creating platforms for others. And I guess like bring it full circle to today, I keep finding myself in these positions where I end up being a community catalyst. I end up creating my own communities or working with others who have their own communities and platforms. And I think for me, the fact that I was given that platform has really shaped me and has been a huge motivator for me to uh, continue creating these kinds of spaces for people. Cool, man. Um, sounds like you found, you know, something that really resonates with your heart and that gives you the ability to express. 
Yeah. What was it about spoken word that really um, drew you to that? And you said it was a cathartic experience. Could you maybe talk to us a bit more about that and what that was for you? Yeah. So for me, as a cathartic experience, I mean, I, I didn't have the easiest upbringing. Came, uh, grew up in a single parent household. Uh, it was quite challenging. Um, I experienced youth homelessness really young and, uh, sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional and shaky talking about that stuff. Um, but it really, it really, um, challenged me and shaped me in my formative years throughout my teen years and, uh, discovering the path of who I wanted to be as a, as a young man. And, um, for me, it was able to, it helped me come to terms with the experiences that I'd gone through. But not only that, being within the spoken word community and hearing other people go through their journeys and their experience, it really, I guess, in a way, harnessed that sense of community for me. That sense of, um, you know, I get to share my story and, res- and people resonate with it, but also that I get to experience other people's experiences through their sharing of their journeys as well. Hope that kind of answers the question. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, spoken word and I guess any type of uh, poetry or artistic expression is like a perfect vehicle for catharsis and um, just authentic expression from the heart. And, um, you know, when whenever people, I guess, have these sorts of yearnings to want to express this because I guess there's there's usually some sort of you know message they want to convey or there's like you said a story they want to tell so I'd love to bring you back and um you know um I love seeing the emotion that that you were sort of brought back to like that that um that remembrance back back in your childhood your upbringing those those times and of course challenging times will always you know make or break someone and there's plenty of lessons laden through those experiences. And um, Sean and I talk about that all the time on this podcast. So I'd love for you to, you know, uh, delve back a little bit deeper into those, um, those times and like maybe pinpoint some of those moments that, you know, you, you might've found a catalytic for you in your, I guess, your journey. Um, I'm already getting emotional thinking about it, like reflecting um, on that stage of my life as well. Um, and getting kicked out of home quite young. Like, and, and I understand like uh, raising a family as a single mother is very challenging. Um, and with that too, like I, throughout my experience, I, I witnessed some things that like um, that were very challenging. Like I, I witnessed close family members uh, dealing with heroin addiction. Um, you know, I, there, there was some, like, if I'm getting flashback moments, like thinking back to uh, this one moment where I had a, a shotgun put to my face and um, like experienced home invasions and was surrounded by people that I knew were no good for me to be around. I knew that if I continued down that path, I might end up being one of those people who's addicted to a drug and spiraling and, uh, you know, completely losing sense of reality and control. Um, and those experiences, I mean, like that, like you said, like they make or break you. And I guess for me, I didn't want to see that family member 
completely lose her life to her addiction. And I knew that there was a turning point. There was a certain catalyst in my life where I realized I had to turn my life around. I had to at least put myself on a path where I know that at some point in the future, I'll be able to help that person. And so I think that was the big, really big catalyst for me there. Um, fast forwarding a little bit further. Uh, I mentioned that I, I worked with other community individuals. Um, I used to work at a CrossFit Academy with a poet who goes by the name Kaveh, the unlikely poet. And um, through working with him and programs and the other collaborators that he had, we worked in a, on a project that allowed me to become like to come full circle and to sort of like, I guess, um, heal through that journey as well. Uh, we, we ran a few uh, drives, um, getting donations and supporting the homeless on Sydney streets. And there was this one definitive moment that really stands out for me. I haven't thought about this in ages, but it brings me back to this one moment where <clears throat> this one elderly homeless man, um, I handed him a pair of shoes and I had this flashback moment to when I was younger and I was wearing the same shoes when I was homeless. I just was wearing the same shoes to the point that I was getting blisters on my feet. And this guy showed me the blisters on his feet. I, 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 I literally took the shoes off his feet and helped him into a new pair. And he told me about his experiences and his stories. And, um, you know, the, the sense of abandonment that he felt from his family as well. It was just such a crazy full circle kind of moment for me. Um, and with that as well, I mean, like, I also kind of viewed it as a rite of passage as well. It was a, it's a way for me to sort of really make sense of my own upbringing, my own trials and tribulations, and, um, you know, find a way to give back, find a way to come to terms with what I'd gone through and uh, to develop strength throughout that struggle. Yeah, man. It's very, um, sounds like a very touching moment and something that would definitely, you know, have those uh, feelings of, of rite of passage and initiation into a new stage of your life. Um, sounds like, you know, you've been through a lot in your younger years and, um, I want to draw you back to something you said, which was you realized that you needed to turn your life around and that you also spoke about your family member and how, you know, you wanted to be able to help her. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is you've got to take care of yourself properly to be able to help others. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds like that's the experience that you had the realization of. And, and I'm just really interested to know, man, how you came to that realization at such a young age. Was there something that, you know, brought you to that realization that you had to turn your own life around? Oh man. Oh, like as you were speaking, I was like, I was getting full body goosebumps there. Uh, there's this phrase, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. And um, it was a phrase that I, I came across when I was really young uh, during that time, actually. And, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me like that experience of, you know, having, having a gun put to your head, what brings a person to do that to other people? How did they get there? Like, how, how can you try and like, have some compassion for that individual. What did they have gone through to make them that individual? Were they hurt by somebody in the past? Were, was it their family influences? 
those influences that shape you, I guess I got to witness that contrast in my life. And at that age, it, it just, it just made me realize like, I don't want to keep going down that path. I don't want to end up being one of those people who is so hurt and hard done by the world. And it does the same thing to others. So it was, like I said, like a, a catalyst, like a turning point where, <clears throat> yeah, it, like it, it, I, I felt like it, it, it pushed me in a certain direction to, to not sort of repeat the patterns that I was seeing in the environment around me. And it's interesting. I mean, we talk about this all the time in terms of like this, the signs that we see and the, the messages that, that we are each delivered as individuals, you know, to, to steer us on the right track and like different things happen. And, and it's a very, you know, popular thing for people to say that things happen for a reason and, you know, you can take it how you will, but you know, where, things happen around you it's it's about the level of awareness to it and what we as individuals see in it you know and then what do we derive from that you know a level of awareness and vision to these sorts of things and like that particular example you know it it really highlights this this thing that i used to say a lot is that you just don't know everyone's story you know everyone's got a story that that you know is just unknown to you that you are just simply not privy to, you know, and then for you to cast judgment on people without, you know, knowing all the details of how they got to where they are and the way they act and why it's, it's really, I guess it's quite naive in a sense. And it's also uh, quite single minded and narrow minded. Right. Um, So it's, it's really those things. Again, it's, it's, um, it's a powerful thing for us to wake up to, it's also like on the flip side, you know, people always say that it's, is it really necessary um, for us to reach such, you know, catalytic moments, such, you know, devastating turning points for us to make that realization. And, you know, there, there truly is no answer to that in my mind. I mean, some people have to experience those for, uh, in order for their lives to turn around. And some people, um, I guess, will be able to, you know, um, move in the right direction in their lives without such drastic, you know, measures. So no, it's, just, um, it's an amazing sort of, I guess, uh, moment for you. I can see how much it means to you and, um, where it has led you to today. So yeah, thanks for sharing your story, man. I mean, I want to draw you back to, I guess, the work that you have been doing the last few years, you know, in terms of community now that you know you have been involved in a few communities i want you to you know talk a bit more about that you know what that has done for you why you felt like you needed it and you know what sort of um you know work were you doing within those communities absolutely man um like as i mentioned i i came across this poetry community and um i connected with some really amazing people throughout that throughout that experience um circling back to that i mean i i was part of the steering committee there and so i got to be involved in a lot of uh, major events for the poetry slam um and then moving forward from there as i mentioned i i I met this poet who was also an activist um he was a, a head coach of a crossfit academy 
like a mixed martial arts CrossFit Academy. Um, and through working with him, it was a, it was, yeah, as I mentioned, like a launch pad for me to really develop and, and hone in on my, on my skills. Um, graphic design wasn't my initial passion. I, it actually, how it all kind of stemmed for me was that um, I was fortunate that I was given a screen printing machine when I was really young. Uh, it was like around my teen years. And I, I started diving into, uh, you know, T-shirts, T-shirt designs and um, like figuring out ways I could apply like my creativity with poetry. And um, it kind of, it, it kind of grew from there. Like I, I, I started teaching myself what I could uh, trying to develop a, a certain level of mastery when it came to uh, graphic design. And I started to kind of find a bit of a pattern in the work that I was doing uh, within that CrossFit Academy. I always had a, an interest in personal development, um, in health and fitness. And uh, from there, I mean, like I've uh, been so fortunate that, that the positions that I kept finding myself in allow me to keep moving forward within that industry. Uh, so from that, that CrossFit Academy, I was able to get my foot in the door working for uh, a clothing label, Lonsdale London. And from there, I was able to learn the ropes. I started to dive into other areas, into marketing, into photography. And, and once again, applying that same mindset of being self-taught and teaching myself what I could about all these different areas. And then fortunately, I guess the passion of personal development and developing those skills in different areas, uh, it kind of led me on to uh, like different places and, and, and plenty of new opportunities. Um, I went from there, from once out of London, working, to, working for a supplement company, uh, EHP Labs. And um, from there, I kind of skyrocketed my growth and, I was able to learn so much about the industry, about uh, marketing as a whole, uh, like how to, I guess, really expand on my, on my gifts throughout that. Uh, but as that journey progressed, actually, um, like I started to get into collaborations with people and um, I opened up a studio, Studio Blueprint which is, I think, how we initially met. Um, so I, I ran a venue slash co-work space photography studio in Surrey Hills, uh, closed down because of COVID earlier this year. But um, that, in a way, became, once again, a way for me to give back to community. Um, it, was, it was a way for me to have a platform for others to do their thing and to share their passion and share their blueprint with other people. Um, fortunately, once again, like I got to progress even further in my career. Now I'm working for fitness first and I'm loving it. Still get to, you know, merge my gifts with my passions and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a steady momentum. And, um, yes, like, I mean, drawing back to studio blueprint, man, I mean, like you said, that's where you and I met for the first time. Uh, probably less than 12 months ago. And um, I want to, I guess I personally have experienced um, the vibe and, and the type of um, 
people that come through that that the the doors of that studio and like you know what types of events and what types of um what types of i guess change makers you were collaborating with so I'd, I'd love for you to talk a bit more about that and like i guess how that um that that's almost like a, a I guess a second secondary expressive piece for you outside of your day to day, like how that became to be. And like, what was it about creating a platform for these types of specific people that, you know, appeal to you? Yeah. It's so interesting because um, the way I used to always put it was that I felt like I was living in two different worlds. Like I, I had this full-time job. It was in the fitness industry. Uh, it was very like you, you get the vibe of what you get in the fitness industry. Uh, where Studio Blueprint, I think it had a bit of more of a holistic nature to it. And there were a lot of, um, I guess, they gave, they gave by the term conscious entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs who like merge spirituality and wellness in their work, in their entrepreneurship. Um, and it naturally, it kind of just became the space for people like that to host their workshops and, and facilitate their classes um, and it was something that I really, I took great passion in nurturing. Um, and I think it's because it, it was an aspect of my personality as well. Like I, I've also not only just been into personal development, but my own spiritual development as well. And it just sort of, it became like, I guess, an outward expression of that. Um, we, we'd hosted masterminds at the studio, uh, collaborating with, some of the, some of like Sydney's conscious entrepreneurs, um, which has always been a really great opportunity learning from other people. I'm a big advocate of the learning by osmosis, learning from other people and getting around other people who have the knowledge that you wish to acquire. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a really incredible journey and it's definitely not the end of that journey. Um, I'd say it's just more of a transition at the moment. Um, hence why I, I I started the podcast. The podcast was something that I really wanted to start while I had the studio still because I, it was once again, another platform for those people to express themselves. Um, yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. And like, you know, absolutely. It's like a, it is a transition for sure. Like, you know, I remember, you know, checking in with you early in the year, just when COVID hit and, you know, things weren't looking so great, but like now, you know, everything is like sort of come back out. Like you sort of rode that wave, that, that, that tumultuous time of like unknown closing down that studio that you worked so hard to sort of keep afloat. And, you know, it was going really well at that time as well. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the, whatever the, I guess the landscape has demanded of you, like has birthed this, um, this upcoming podcast, which, you know, I'm really excited to see come out and like, you know, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, what the philosophy behind the blueprint podcast is all about. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, now I appreciate that and I appreciate coming on as a guest and I'd love to have you on as well, Sean. It'd be awesome to pick your brain as well. Yeah, um, I'd love to. So I guess like I circling back a little bit, one of the, um, one of the communities that we hosted at Studio Blueprint, a good friend of mine, Amira, she, her and I, we worked on this project called Taboo Talk. Um, I'm just going to give a little bit of context for where the philosophy came from. Um, 
So we worked on this project. We went to Bali and I was obsessed with this book I was reading at the time, The Art of Communication by Thich Nhat Hanh. And there was this one line that really stood out to me. Talking about the origins of the word community. And um, what they said in the book was that it stems from this Latin term, communicare, which means to impart, share, or make common. That's the origins of the word community. And like I, it, that started to like really influence how I viewed the studio as well. I wanted it to be a space for people to really share their gifts with others, to, to share their knowledge and their wisdom with people. Um, and once again, I think that's also bled into uh, the podcast as well. The whole intention of that is to uh, really dig deep into um, people's journeys, similar to this podcast as well. Like uh, the kind of questions that you guys ask. Um, I want to get into the, the motivations and the whys of the really amazing people who have been blessed to meet um, and share that, that insight because I, I believe that throughout my life too, I've also been influenced by um, podcasts, by mentors, by people who shared their insights, their passions, their wisdom. Um, and that's really been beneficial to me. So once again, I guess it circles, circles back to having that platform and sharing that platform with others in the hopes that it influences people in a positive way. That's awesome, man. And um, I have no doubt that you will, you know, I think you know, podcast is really interesting medium to learn by osmosis, you know, and you mentioned that that's one of the ways that you learn. And, um, you know, there's nothing like just hearing conversation. Yeah. I think that's one really cool thing that the world of podcasts open up uh, opens up for people is just to, you know, kind of be a fly on the wall, these conversations that generally we wouldn't really be privy to. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Yeah. And um, one of the things I wanted to come back to, man, is you mentioned you felt like you were living in two worlds mm. and you were, you know, doing your job and then running studio blueprint. And I'm interested to know what that felt like for you. Cause I've had a similar experience myself and um, yeah, man, I'm just interested to, to hear your take on that. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause um, to expand on that, uh, you know, while I loved my job, in some ways it wasn't completely fulfilling for me. Like I, I did have these other interests that that job wasn't like, it wasn't ticking those boxes for me. At the same time too, there were some, I guess, rules within my contract of what I was and wasn't allowed to do outside of work. So it felt like I was, you know, kind of like a double life experience where at work I had to be a certain way. And then at the studio, I got to really be who I was like a fully integrated version of myself. And, and so it was always kind of felt like I was treading this line of like my nine to five, I have to fit into that box. And then outside of work, I get to be whole. So that was kind of the experience for me. Um, nowadays, I don't really feel so much that way. Like I don't really, I, I also have come to believe that those are kind of self-imposed beliefs we put on ourselves as well. Um, like, I mean, it's tricky because of this, you know, within a contract, it states how you have to operate within that business. But um, it's, that's not the kind of thing I have to deal with so much anymore. Yeah. Cool. 
No, man. And I think it's just, it's interesting for people to hear because people are in situations, you know, where they feel like they want to either be someone that they can't outwardly feel they express, feel they can't outwardly express or, you know, um, they're working in a job and, and they want an outlet, but you know, there's reasons that hold them back. And I, I just want to highlight for people that you can do it. You know, you're an example of that. And um, it sounds like, you know, by actually pursuing who you wanted to be outside of just what was your quote unquote job. Right. Um, because I also don't want to downplay the importance of people's, of people's work and their employment. Right. Like um, I'm sure there was a lot of things that you enjoyed about your job and, and things that it helped you to do. You know what I mean? Um, but there's this thing that I've been thinking about lately, you know, a lot of the time now we're hearing people just saying like, just go all in on your passions, just do that thing. And it's kind of like whatever happened to doing two things at once, you know, like we can explore other areas of our life. And I think, you know, there's times in your life where that's appropriate. And it sounds like for you, it was very appropriate. Right. And, and it's led you on to these progressions of different areas of your life. Um, you know, from the, studio blueprint now to the podcast and, and, you know, who knows what that will evolve into. And I just bring that up because, you know, I feel people should, you know, listen to that yearning, that little inkling. Like if you're not fully satisfied where you are, you know, look, you can do other things. You can try things out and they don't have to be so definitive. Like you don't have to leave your job to do something. You can do two things at once. You can try both and then see where that leads you and then just keep, keep assessing. And I think, look, there's... Yeah, absolutely. Me, like, um, the phrase came up for me that, you know, you don't quit your day job. Like you can still have your feet in both worlds. You can still go off and experiment and explore what you're passionate about. But in a way, the way I like to view it is that we, we have like an internal tuning fork and you know when you're in alignment. You know when you're in resonance with like who you really could be. Because when you find that you're not, you kind of feel as if you're, oh, at least for me, like pushing up against the wall inside of yourself. There's a, yeah. there's a different energy to it. There's a different vibe. Yeah. And, um, totally. Sorry, Les. Just one more thing on that is, you know, as well, there does come a time, a lot of times though, where you, you just got to burn your boats, you know? Like you try something out, you see how it's made you feel, what it's yielding for you. And then you might you know, by trying the other thing, realize that that is really what you want to do. That's something that you want to delve further down the path of. And that's when you can make the jump. And I think, you know, I just want to put that out there for people and, you know, going on from what you say is like, you can have your feet in both worlds. Many times there might come a time where you've got to choose which side, you know, you step yeah. onto. And that's yeah. when you, that's the time to let go of the old and move on to the new, but it's always good to try, man. And just, I'm just weary these days, especially man with all the thing, like all the shit that's being spit at us on social media and stuff. It's really easy to have these throwaway lines of like, you know, find something you love and you never work another day in your life. But when yeah. you've got responsibilities, you've got like kids or you're married or you've got these financial um, responsibilities, you know, the range of what they could be. It might not be so responsible for you, man, to just, you know, jump and just quit your job and do something that might not pay you at all or, you know, but you can try those things out. And then, you know, if that's something that you really enjoyed, it's starting to come good for you. Then you can decide to plant your flag on the other side and you can burn those boats back, you know, so you're not tempted to go back, but 
there's a time and a place for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I actually only uh, learned that, that phrase, burn your boats, like a, a couple months ago, but it really resonated with me. Like there, there is a point, or at least I have found for myself that um, you have to let go and just go into the unknown. You're never going to be fully ready. You just have to sometimes take that leap of faith and that moment will show up. Like it's it sort of, uh, you know, it feels like the, the whole Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Like you'll know when that moment arises, that call to adventure pops up. Yeah. I say that like my advice is take that leap of faith. Mm. And for me, like it's, it's such an important like discussion to have because you know, like Sean has said, there is so much conflicting information out there. And like, you know, it is so easy to have a voice today in the world. You know, all you have to do is have a smartphone and an internet connection. And really, you could say whatever the hell you want. And, you know, if enough people listen, then you could have some sort of buy into whatever you're speaking of. But I think at the end of the day, like we've, we've had like, you know, um, touches of this come up in the conversation today just just today is just that it's about a level of clarity and a certainty towards you know what you feel is you know like a gravitational calling for yourself right and it's like it's not so much like an intellectual thing you know there's intellect in, involved in it right there's there's thinking and there's pragmatism involved in the decisions that you make like sean said if you've got responsibilities, then, then you're going to have to, you know, weigh up your options or your, your level of, you know, um, I guess, uh, options that are available to you might be a bit smaller, but at the same vein, like there comes a point when you intuitively know that it's time to go, you know, it, it is time to go all in. Like you tick off the things that you feel like, yes, I've tried it and it's not for me. Like, Sean, Sean's done it before, you know, he, he started Subido in, in his garage, uh, you know, uh, on the, as a side hustle, um, whilst he was working corporate, you know, I started um, blogging and writing and, you know, expressing myself uh, on a public forum and public stage, you know, uh, many years before I stopped working in the corporate space. Um, but that's, those are the things that led me and led Sean to, you know, coming to the places where we are now, but like, it takes time. It's not, you have to be very like, you know, pragmatic and prudent about what you're doing. Cause like, again, you know, uh, the, 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 the trouble is like, there's this, um, I guess one size fits all mentality and it's just not the case. It just isn't. And, um, yeah, I, I just guess people have to make the decisions for themselves and, um, you know, don't leave, leave it all to, you know, uh, whatever you you think is the right idea. You know, you have to balance that with, with a level of, you know, intuitive, you know, guidance as well. Yeah, absolutely. There, there has to be an application of practicality, but also that, like that somatic experience that you feel when you know something's right, like you're in attunement. Like you've got to trust it. That's it. intuition speaks, but it whispers. Totally. And those are the types of things like, you know, Sean and I have, it's, it's funny, like we've been talking about this um, lately quite a lot, I guess. And, and it's been coming up for some of our guests in terms of talking more about this, you know, the sense of listening and not, not, not necessarily listening with your ears, but, you know, a deeper sense of listening 
and what that means for you. And like, I guess it's like, um, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult to talk about in the sense that we're not taught in the, in the collective sense, how to notice and hear, you know, what, what the gut feeling means and how to interpret those sorts of things. But this is the value of experience coming back to, you know, trying and figuring things out for yourself and not being afraid, you know, to dip your toes in. And if it doesn't feel right, then let's go on to the next thing. Let's go on to the next thing. But it's like that, that is how you hone anything in life. You know, you think about any experience where you're trying to improve in life. It's not really through just the, the simple application of, you know, consuming a text. You have to try it out in, in person yourself and um, feel those feelings, feel that, you know, that visceral uh, sensation as it runs through your body and whether it aligns with you, like you were saying, mate. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I totally believe in that. Um, you know, following your internal compass, uh, listening to your internal truth. Like, I, I think you, you only ever really self in those positions if you feel the experiences, the, the experience as, as it is. Sure. And you said something really interesting, man, as well, which was, you know, intuition, intuition speaks to us, but it whispers. And that's been my experience as well, right? It's like, it's never slapping you in the face. It's this, it's this little whisper. And, you know, we had a guest on a few weeks ago. Um, her name's Soichi, really interesting person, interesting story as well. Um, and, you know, she mentioned something which was whenever she didn't listen to her intuition, intuition, she paid a price for it, right? And it made me think about my own experience. And I was like, shit, man, isn't that just the truth? Like I've had these little inklings, you know, these little whispers and you're just like, you don't, you choose not to listen. Like you're choosing not to listen because they come up, man. And it's like when someone says something to you, you're like, no, nah, don't worry about it, man. Like I got this or you've heard something else and you think that might be the way, but it's different, man. Intuition is like this feeling, right? And it is a whisper. And I just want to highlight that for people that it's not just going to slap you in the face. There's not just going to be these, the heavens parting and light shining down on you choosing a from B. It's like this little whisper, man, you really got to listen. And, and what Sochi said has been the same for me, man. Like whenever, you know, intuitions whispered to me a little bit and I haven't listened, I paid the price. I paid the price. And, and has that been your experience? Yeah, it's been my experience for sure. Yeah, I've, I've gone down paths that I shouldn't have or, uh, you know, I, I kind of just stretched my limitations on things and ignored that, 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 that quiet whisper that I, that I mentioned, like, you know, saying this isn't right for me, but just, you know, ego saying, no, nah, just I'll push through it. Like this is, I'll make it work. I've had plenty of those experiences where you just like, you don't know when to let go or you don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it does. It's it, like you said, like it kind of slaps you in the face if you take a wrong turn. Mm. But yeah, um, I think as I've, as I've gotten older, I've like, I have started to pay more attention to it. Um, and I'm more aware of what I believe is the right direction for me to head. And, and, and a lot of it for me is kind of like looking in the rear view, looking at past experiences that have shaped me and formed where I'm at in my life to today. 
And I think it's, it's also important to sort of point out this, like that there shouldn't be too much of a sense of, I guess, dread when, when you're, you know, making or, or faced with these, these, um, these choice points or these crossroads, right? Like, like I said before, it's really like a learning experience either way. It's right or it's wrong for you, right? It's not an objective thing. It's very subjective. But it, in either case, whether we continue walking or we stumble, the most important thing is our awareness towards that. You know, if we stumble, then we say, hey, am I aware to the lesson? You know, I took a wrong turn based on something that I felt was right. What, what should have been the right way for me? And if you do continue walking down the path and it feels right, then again, are you aware to the fact that these are the, I guess, common threads in your, you know, central experience that are leading you down this path that you feel so aligned to, you know? And like, I want to ask you, man, like what, what are the things or experiences or I guess practices that might have helped you with, honing your ability to sort of be more in tune or aware to these sorts of, um, you know, inner guidance mechanisms. Good question. Um, I, I asked the a guest that I had on my podcast today about his daily rituals. And I, I believe for me, um, that's really helped me to get more in tune with myself. Um, I have, you know, regular morning practice, that includes breath work and exercise and having that time to fill up my cup before I can serve my family and my community and the world around me. Um, I really do feel like uh, self-reflection is really important to be able to tap into that. Um, and that and spending that time uh, going inwards, focusing in on, uh, you know, what's the next step? that you could take some what, like what next inspired action can you take to move towards your goals and your visions? Um, and on terms of that as well, I'm a big um, like advocate for vision boards as well. Um, I have a mentor who runs these workshops and I've uh, been involved in a few of them. And I think getting clear on what you want to achieve is really important. Um, I'm, I'm a very visual thinker, graphic design sort of has become a thing for me. Um, but you know, having a, a visual kind of cue or a reminder of what you want your future self to look like so that you sort of have a bit of a roadmap to how you're going to get there for me personally has been really beneficial. It's cool. I mean, it's, um, it's good to highlight and we love asking people, I guess, what works well for, what works for them. Because a lot of the time um, we get guests on who have interesting stories to tell and um, they all have different approaches to how they, I guess, um, manage the complexities of traversing, you know, what we call life. Um, and it's good to highlight again that uh, it seems that visual aids are, very supportive for you and your journey and your path. But it's also, again, about knowing and understanding for yourself, like what works well for you. Like it may not work well for everyone. You know, my thing is meditation. I am a great advocate for, for the practice uh, of this art. 
but I know that a lot of people are, are averse to it. You know, they don't like it because, um, I don't know, it's difficult. It's difficult. And, uh, there's, there's some, I guess, <laughs> misconceptions surrounding what it truly is and what it does for you, you know? Um, so again, it comes back down to this, this notion of trying, like, you know, there are so many, you know, um, people out there who we aspire and look up to in, in this similar circle, similar space who share their experiences, you know, and it's all up to us to simply try it and see whether it works for us. And if it does work for us, then perhaps it is about, you know, introducing it into our daily practice to continue to nurture ourselves, to be better of better service to the people around us in the world. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I, I didn't know if I was going to touch on this, but, um, you know, experiences with psychedelics as well has been really helpful. Mm. Um, uh, those visionary states that you go in, um, some of the visions that I've had in ayahuasca really helped shape my perspective as well and help me understand my place in the universe. Mm. Um, and like, once again, that's not like a, I'm not prescribing that to anybody like disclaimer. It's not a one size fits all thing somebody might have a completely different experience. I'm sure they would, but you know, for me, that's something that's helped me. Um, And, and I think once again, it's kind of like looking at the different tools in the toolbox, experiencing things you won't know until you've done it firsthand, whether or not that's something that works for you. And if it does add it to the toolbox, um, that's kind of my methodology towards it. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, so important to uh, point out to people, you know, um, the topic of psychedelics has been coming up quite a lot, I guess, not only in uh, the discussions within this podcast, but, you know, just globally because um, a lot of people with a lot of reach and a, and a large platform um, are beginning to advocate for it a lot more, you know, prominent people like Tim Ferriss and Aubrey Marcus and things like this, you know, they're, they're very strong voices in the, you know, um, I guess more mainstream community about um, the positive effects of, of psychedelics. And, you know, uh, you and I, Chris, we've talked about this on a, on a personal level that it has helped us both immensely, but at the same time, I always have to, I guess, preface the conversation with the fact that there must be, again, comes back to this intuitive knowing this feeling like, um, and take this how you will, but, the, the medicine calls you, you know, you, you must be called by the medicine in order to take it. And like, you will know when you feel that, you know, it'll come into your field of consciousness and you're just thinking about it and you will be able to discern between whether you want to just take it to um, enable you to make better decisions in your, in your job in corporate, right. Versus a real, existential questioning of what it is that your life is about, you know, and that, that'll draw you in. And um, like you said, it's, it's not for everyone. Everyone is going to have a different experience. Everyone does because that's, that's what it reveals to you. The truth, you know, it unmasks this, um, this uniform that we all wear. Um, But again, uh, it is a transformative experience uh, only when I guess you are completely ready to, to experience it 
yeah, that's 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 my sort of disclaimer on that uh, whenever I, I guess, talk to people about the psychedelics. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, as I said before, it's like, it's not a one size fits all. Um, it, it does get into the deep subconscious mind and it, it can bring up some deep stuff um, about yourself and about the nature of reality. And, and like I said, like where you, find yourself in, in this world, in this universe. Um, mm. While we're on the topic, I'd, I'd love to share a poem or a snippet of a poem that um, was inspired from a, an ayahuasca experience. Is that man, cool? For sure, man. Yeah, for man, sure. Go for, it. go for it. Okay. Lay it all down, your ego and your shield. Let the cracks open up. Pierce the heart. Let the light shine through. Because there's beauty in the brokenness, art in the pain. In every tribulation, there is wisdom to be gained. There are realizations in hindsight, errors in your ways that can be corrected if you integrate the changes that your heart wants to make. Break the chains of the shackle of an old self who no longer serves who you are today. Like a snake shedding skin, layer by layer reborn from within. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes into a new beginning. Looking inwards, you seek and find that the perception of self you had was blindsided. What you thought you had healed was hidden. Master pain away with triumph and defiance, blocking the messages that the guilt and shame needed reverence to be put to trial, purged and released by the divine, because the past is a place of reference, not a place to reside. Experience isn't what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you that ultimately defines who you mold and shape yourself into once you've walked through the fire. So that was just a snippet of that poem. But um, it was a very profound experience. And I had this message because I, once again, like sometimes I, I, I ignore the intuition. Um, and uh, like I, sometimes I, you know, I, I don't fully tap into aspects of myself that I could, but um, the message I got from, Ayahuasca was very, very clear. Uh, it, it was saying for me is, is a way for me to connect with the, a divine message, to be used as a vessel to channel a higher message. So that's kind of uh, just to give a bit of context of where that poem mm. kind of stems from. Yeah, beautiful, man. I mean, vibe with that for sure. Like, you know, um, I've written many poems also that uh along the same lines you know of this notion of rebirth and um you know just coming to a level of clarity and like you said everyone sort of comes to a different experience when 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 going through that sort of medicine using that sort of medicine like i've i've seen people who have been resistant you know to seeing or being shown the truth of what reality is and um, it becomes quite a traumatic experience for people, you know, it can become quite a traumatic experience. So it's not one of those things you can ever take lightly, but like, you know, I think a testament to that, that, that beautiful poetry, man, like some beauty can come out of it as well. Like, you know, um, this is like, this is the work, right? This is the depth of what it is to be, you know, in true existence as a human. 
to not only ride those highs, but, you know, go through those lows and bring back out and come back even uh, taller and stronger and more powerful than we, we, we ever were. So thanks for sharing that, man. Man, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, brother. I think, um, you know, that might be a nice place for us to leave it today. And um, you said that was a snippet from the poem. Perhaps we can put, you know, a link up to the poem itself so people can go back and, you know, have a read for themselves, internalize it. I'm going to be listening back to that poem again for sure, man. You said some things that really hit hit for me. And I think it's beautiful that, you know, you've created a platform for yourself to be able to share the things that you've learned um, and that you're holding that space for other people. You know, I think it's, it's a really, really uh, beautiful thing, man. I want to commend you on that. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate, we appreciate you guys having me on and giving me the opportunity to express as well. I, I'm sure you guys know as, as hosts, I think you spend more time asking the questions than re really getting to like reflect, self-reflect and express. So thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Pleasure was ours, bro. Pleasure was ours. And um, yeah, we'd love for you to, you know, share a little bit about where people can find you, man. Um, wherever you want, whatever you're working on, you know, maybe it's a podcast, wherever else. Uh, floor's yours, bro. Yeah, cool. Thank you. So um, you can find me at, at Sulfa, S-U-L-F-A. Um, and the blueprint podcast is blueprint at blueprint underscore podcast. Um, still in the works, still recording. It's sort of creating a backlog at the moment. Uh, but I'm intending to launch that probably in the new year. Awesome, man. We'll put all that into the show notes for, for everyone to find. And, um, and yeah, can't wait to, uh, start listening to the podcast once it launches, bro. Awesome. And I can't wait to have you guys both on and, and we'll have another jam. For sure, man. hundred percent. Sean, where can people find you, man? Yeah. Easiest place to find me is just on Instagram guys. So it's Sean underscore Coop, S-H-A-U-N underscore C-O-O-P. Just send me a message. We can chat there. How about you, Les? Yeah. Just find me on my website, findingspace.co. Uh, you can send me a note there. And, um, you know, if you want, you can jump onto my newsletter and keep abreast of any updates. My meditation program is coming out soon, real soon. So, you know, keep up to date and keep your ears on the, on the ground. And um, yeah, that's um, some really powerful work that I'm putting together. Um, otherwise on my socials uh, at findingspace.co on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to send Sean and I an email, it's uh, the hustle and flow podcast at gmail.com. I guess if you want to ask any questions about this particular episode, get in touch with Chris or even come on as a guest, anything at all, just send us an email there and say good day. And um, yeah, just want to commend you again, Chris. Thanks for, you know, doing what you do, opening people's minds up to new perspectives and holding that space for people, man. I think it's a really powerful thing and, um, you know, something not to be taken lightly by people. I think, you know, being able to actually express yourself is something that, a lot of people have a hard time doing because they just don't know where to do it. So by holding that space for people, man, you're giving them that, that opportunity and it's really cool. Thank you. And, and likewise, I resonate with what you guys are putting out there and really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. I think the world needs more of it. Thanks, man. Appreciate that too very much. And um, if you're listening today and you took something from our conversation, a little nugget, something that, you know, helps you or you think might help someone else just share it with one other person that's how we grow the podcast so if you could do us that solid we really appreciate it until next time guys see you later guys <laughs>